0: Hello and welcome to my weekly podcast interview of In The House Seats with me, your host, Craig Bartley. This is where every Sunday we talk about all stuff regarding theatre, film, television and the ups and downs while training for the performing arts industry. Who knows, some things could even relate to your experiences as a theatre wannabe or participant. Or if you are a parent or guardian of a future performer it may help you to understand about training and the entertainment industry from a different perspective and someone else's point of view. I will be speaking to professional performers, choreographers, adjudicators and industry leaders to find out more about them and their transitions and journeys from learning their crafts to the professionals that they are today. So for the next 30 minutes, all you have to do is sit back Relax and enjoy and listen in with us. Today in the house seat, we have performer and associate choreographer for West End television and feature films, Pip Churcher. Hello, Pip.
1: Hello. Nobody will
0: know me as Churchill. I'm No, we'll get to that later, but <laughs> oh, here we go. Sorry. Yes, it's absolutely brilliant to have you with me today in the house seat. And I'm so excited to delve into your career and get the lowdown and your views about the industry and life in general. Now, what a fantastic and successful career path that you have had. Tell us all about it, where it started, where are you from and where did you train?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, born Pip Jordan or Philippa Jordan to mum and dad, Phil and Caroline, in Whitstable in Kent. I have a sister, an older sister, Sarah, who still lives in Whitstable, actually. Um, And we both trained with Deborah Capon, who was just the most amazing lady. She sadly passed away very suddenly a few years ago. And I trained there until I was 16 years old. Um, Just after school, I went to um, grammar school in Fabersham. I went to the Queen Elizabeth Crown School. And then 16, I I left Whitstable and went to Epsom and I went to Lane Theatre Arts. Ah,
0: okay. When you went to Lane's, obviously you did your three years training, you were living away from home. Were your parents really encouraging for you to go into the profession or were they sceptical at first?
1: I don't think my mum and dad would have been able to say no. I was so determined. I knew at eleven what my life was going to be. And I think my mum and dad were really supportive. You'll know from when we were kids, just in the festivals and things, the props and the costumes that were always amazing. And my folks drove me all over the country to do competitions and what have you. Yeah, they were, they were amazing. I don't, if they were sceptical, they didn't show it. I feel I was really late to develop. So at 16, I was probably like a 14-year-old leaving home.
0: Obviously, because of your ability to perform in musical theatre, you had to train in all various styles across the board. Do you feel that this is compulsory in today's casting and audition requirements?
1: Without a doubt, yes. I think I was predominantly a dancer. People are gonna laugh and say, I wouldn't say I'm a singer. I can get by ensemble singing, but not solo stuff. So I was really lucky that. A lot of my work in the West End was featured dancer.
0: Which we'll touch on a little bit later. So would you say that the main core was ballet when you're training?
1: Yes, absolutely. Without that, you, don't, you can't do anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's my, that's my sentiments as well, because in your case, when you filmed the Fry Light commercial for a cooking (laughs) oil, (laughs) classical ballet training obviously was a must as you were filmed in the kitchen as a ballerina on point. What did you have to do for this casting exactly?
1: I had to be on point and I was told actually I didn't have to. So I didn't have my pointe shoes, I don't think, for the casting, which they frowned upon. Basically, I had to dance around in the a kitchen they had set up, sort of ponche and open the oven and bouret along the countertop. And things like that. I and remember
0: I, this vividly. It was,
1: I came out of that casting. I phoned my agent and I said, "Don't ever do one of those again." And then I got it. And I just when she told me, I laughed and cried because I thought, "I'm going to spend all day on point," and I haven't done it for about twenty years. That's
0: fantastic, but it does. No, I agree. It, it is um, ballet. Is the grounding oh, for everybody.
1: And I do have to say, I do notice that it isn't so much these days.
0: Right. Yeah, we'll get to you casting a little bit later. Since being at Lanes and even in your first professional jobs, do you feel that dance styles and genres have changed more to fit basically today's social current trends?
1: Without question, yes. I I never did any sort of street dancing or anything like that. And I know it was around because a lot of my peers on the commercial side were doing it. We didn't have classes in it or anything like that. So I think it's definitely moved with the times for sure. A lot of the time, the the staple stuff, the ballet, the tap, the modern, all that. I think the, the, not everybody, but I think a lot of people just want to do the fun stuff. And actually you've got to have that basic technique Oh, I sound so old school, don't
0: I? No, not at all. Because when the listeners listen into this, a lot of the times they pick up on how important it is for their child as a budding performer or somebody that's actually working in the profession that they can relate to how important a classical training is for all types of genre. And
1: you don't have to be a Royal Ballet Standard student, but you you have to have that core technique.
0: Yeah, I agree. As an associate choreographer, do you have a preference choreographing for television and film rather than for theatre productions?
1: Oh, that's a toughie. See, when I do associate choreography, it's in the room, it, theatre, it's a group of you, you know, creating and all that kind of thing. When we do it for film, it's a lot more, I would say, um, there's, it feels a lot more stressful because there's, no time Mm. and it might be that you're on set and then the director says I need this to happen and you have to change it immediately
0: yeah which actually leads me beautifully into my next question because I remember catching up with you years ago at Dance Attic rehearsals in passing and I was rehearsing a show in one studio and you were rehearsing a tv job I think it was for Michelle Thorne And just remind the listeners about some of your TV shows, such as Stars in Their Eyes, which you worked on for six years.
1: I did. Oh, my gosh. Six years I worked on that. It was after my very, very first West End show. And then I auditioned for TV because my agent had a lot of the dancers on that show. And I remember auditioning and auditioning. And the audition was crazy. We had three different full-on routines and you we were there all day, and then I must have done three or four recalls, and then I had to go to Manchester to do a recall at Granada Studios. It was a really intensive few auditions that was six years I did there. We, we used to rehearse every series in Dance Attic, and we'd be at Dance Attic for I think about nine weeks rehearsal period. So you would learn every single dance you were going to see for the whole series in this nine weeks and Shell would video everything, and then you'd go up to Manchester, to Granada, and the first time you got on set, you were in costume, I think. Yeah. And you, all you used to do is you'd have to watch the video because you couldn't remember what you'd learned. It was really nerve-wracking, and the spacing, cause that was my first TV job, the spacing is so different on TV camera because it's, you're not in your window,
0: yeah, and absolutely. So, you know,
1: like I might say, Pip, you need to move to your left. And you'd move like two inches and she'd go, a little bit less. And the floor used to be all these crisscrosses of lights so and you'd try desperately to find something to have your marker. But yeah. every single camera shot, you had to know. And you got two goes.
0: It is fast-paced filming, isn't it? When you're doing right. um, prime-time viewing, uh, filming in to get it out. How were the filming repetitions, did you feel? How many times did you have to like film it before, you know, it was ready to go out and cut.
1: We got two goes. And if any of the dancers made a mistake, you didn't get another. If the it was only if the punter made a mistake. And I can't remember in my six years ever doing it three times. Apart from Carol. And Carol. Ford, Ford. <laughs> she came out of share and she had to stop um, Does he love me on? And she, bless her, got the note wrong so many times, because she had no, nothing to tell her what it was, that she must have come about six or seven times.
0: As a dance team on that series, you obviously were all required to have the abilities to perform various styles within the choreography as you had to suit who was being impersonated for each act. You know, for instance, if, mm-hmm. you, if the listeners are remembering what this was about is, tonight, Matthew, I am going to be, and then they go off in the cloud of smoke. Was this awkward for any of the dancers, as when a team is put together usually, not everyone has a certain style adaptability? Exactly right.
1: So when I just said about us having to learn three different routines in the audition, one was really funky, one was quite balletic and technical, and so much so Kibai and all that sort of thing. And then the last one was a hoedown. You know, the spectrum was just huge. And the, co- the company that she had, we all had our own strengths. So I wasn't always in the funky things, but I was always in the more balletic, more technical things like that. So there so was didn't... a
0: hoedown um, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Now, your theatre performance CV is immense with shows such as Mac and Mabel, Chicago, Guys and Dolls, Evita, Joseph, Love Never Dies, Shrek, and the Carol King musical Beautiful, and many, many more as well. Although in your early stage career, your performance as the girl on a swing and girl in the yellow dressing contact the musical gave you a very featured role. What actually were these roles about and how did they work within the context of that particular musical?
1: That was just the most beautiful show. For a dancer to do that show, it was such a privilege. I was a swing on that show and I covered those two parts. I never got on for Girl in Yellow Dress, but I did get on for Girl on the swing. And it was in—it was a very pure dance show, so there, was, there wasn't any singing. <laughs> And it was in three sections. And it was all... Susan Stroman choreographed and directed it. And it was all about her experience going into a night... The last section was all about her experience going into a nightclub and just watching the body language between all these people. The first section we did, um, Girl on a Swing, was from a Fragonard painting. And it was about... There were three people in it. Gavin Lee, Helen Anchor, and Chris Jarvis. And Chris Jarvis was the servant... And he, it starts with him holding the swing back with Helen on it, and Gavin's her husband. He goes off to get some more champagne, and while he's gone, the servant and the lady get it on on the swing. And the choreography was just phenomenal. It was really wow. gay and beautiful. And long story short, sorry, um, when he comes back with champagne, it's like, hey, look what I found, and they dance around again. And then at the very end, the servant gives Gav the money and all along, it's them that have been married. Oh, wow. So they didn't do anything wrong.
0: Right, right, right. I believe this ran at the Queen's Theatre, am I right? Yes. Now, now the new Sondheim. Mm. And obviously, as you say, was delivered by the Broadway-renowned choreographer Susan Stroman. What was she like to actually work with?
1: Just so inspirational. She's a genius, that lady. She knows what she wants. And I, can't, I don't remember her ever losing her temper. She was always so calm and so generous and gracious. And just, she was amazing. Yeah, I have met
0: her and I've always wanted to work um, for her. But I actually worked for her late husband with Cole Kitchen, obviously, Mike O'Krant. She
1: talked a lot about him, actually.
0: Yeah, amazing man. I was poorly at one time in my life for, for a little while, and um, they sent me most beautiful flowers and cards and everything as a couple, and it was just a really nice time. So yeah, it was it was great um, actually meeting her, and I've always wanted to work for her. But hey, you never know.
1: I had to come back from holiday to audition for that. Um, they had the auditions and then I went away on holiday and then they asked me to, I didn't think I'd got it, and then they asked me to come back to audition for Swing and I had to get a flight home from my holiday with my family.
0: Wow, crazy. I know, and then you get it. If there were one particular role that you could play, what would it be, or have you played your favourite already?
1: Havana Girl in Guys and Dolls, I took over. That's been the most amazing, that was the most amazing.
0: And which version did you do? Because there's plenty of them out there.
1: I did the Don Moore version for Michael Grandage and Rob Ashford. Ewan McGregor and Jane Karkowski, Dougie Hodge, yeah.
0: That's just plain name-dropping now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Jenna (laughs) Rock. I must not forget Jenna, she was astonishing in it.
0: Brilliant. As a professional performer, do you feel that being considered for some roles are completely out of reach as even though you feel that you are completely right for a role, you would never be considered to be put up for it by your agent or seen by a casting director?
1: that I'd want to be up for. Something that you, f- you think
0: that you would be right for, but you know in this day and age, a lot of people say, it's like my for me personally, I've always wanted to play Jean, um, Jean Valjean or mm. Phantom, but I would never be considered for it, and I know that.
1: I see. So you've got <laughs> to be re-
0: you know, real with your thoughts, and I know for sure my agent will put me up for it, so <laughs> it's not even worth
1: well, I think I'm really realistic about the fact that I'm not going to be put up for roles because dance is my thing.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and so, I've, gosh, I feel like I've been so lucky. I was saying to my husband the other day, you know, so many people haven't... I fulfilled my dream. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how else to put it. You
0: have you know, had an amazing career.
1: I'm, I'm kind of sad that I'm old and I, <laughs> and I can't do it anymore. I'd love to keep going, but it feels so short... Although I've had the best time and a really long career, it feels so short. Like I'm not ready to stop.
0: No, <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I feel exactly the same. In here, I still in my inside. I still feel 19. I personally feel that it's very frustrating as a performer to sometimes not be considered as you know yourself what your own abilities are, yet I feel that some casting directors are really blinkered and don't see further than the usual Western names.
1: Yeah, I I don't necessarily feel it personally because I feel like I've, oh god this sounds so big headed, I feel like I've kind of always been lucky and, and got what I've wanted. But I can totally see it and I and I see it a lot in the position I'm in now where I think sounds going be so great for this. And people only remember certain actors from like their first job and yeah. I've shown them grow and go, yeah, but if you haven't seen them lately, you need to, you need to take a look at this person because they're now really growing.
0: It's just crazy. I, I mean, there's a certain casting, male casting director that still sees me only as playing duty in Greece.
1: And that's exactly my point. I think some of them are stuck in stuck in their ways. There's so
0: much more, you know. There's so much more options and facets that you could offer somebody if they could just give you the chance. And that's that's what I was I was meaning. Do you feel that you would like to see some fresh new faces in lead West End roles?
1: I do, yeah. And I, I understand that it's a huge risk and that a lot of people aren't prepared to take that leap of faith, but I do, yeah, of course.
0: It would be great, isn't it? It's, you know, I mean, everybody that I see in the West End are like more than competent, but it's just nice to see something fresh. And, it's, and what people tend to do is oh, I saw that person in Wicked, or I saw that person in Elf, and now they're playing this, and how is that possible?
1: I don't mean it's about making the money, but it's a it's about trying to guarantee a success in this day and age. Yeah. You go with the safe option rather than the risk.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's a hard one, but it's nice to see some mm-hmm. new fresh talent.
1: Oh, completely.
0: This is so great that I have you here in the house seats today, as I've not caught up with you in such a long time. But before we chat a little more about your career, tell me about your lovely dog.
1: Oh, my dog? Yes. Milo, the border Paul de Polly. He was two yes. on Saturday. Oh. He's a nightmare.
0: Oh, aren't they all?
1: Oh, he's <laughs> a wouldn't boy. do without them. Well, I don't know. He <laughs> has changed our world. We don't have kids.
0: Right. So we've, got, we've got Milo,
1: and he came to us from a lovely farm. I don't mean a puppy farm, and met his mum and his dad and everything, who are gorgeous. We found out early on he has a birth defect and he has bilateral um, hip dysplasia. Okay. So we've it's got about- a few hip replacements. Okay. And, and so one sorry. was supposed to be done at the end of March by the super vet, Noel Fitzpatrick.
0: Oh, really? it got cancelled. So what? Is he in pain or is
1: it? Uh, they've explained it to us like he's probably like a 70-year-old with really bad arthritis. And, and he's like, how old? He's two. Oh, you get sorted. So we're waiting now to hear from... From SuperVet. <laughs> I know, how amazing is that? But he, had a, he had a nasty accident, which is one of the reasons why he couldn't operate on him. He fell and really hurt his neck or something. But oh. then obviously the
0: COVID are we talking about the dog or the super vet the super vet oh okay (laughs) just check on that one (laughs) Um,
1: so we're waiting now for a call from his um, secretary amazing well I hope that goes
0: really really well for Milo Now, as an assistant choreographer on film sets, working alongside directors such as Kenneth Branner and with choreographer Rob Ashford, do you sometimes feel that you would like to have seen um, a routine set in a different way? And would you speak up to say that your version would have been better?
1: I wouldn't dare! <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, we can really collaborate though, and on the last one I did for Ken, um, Rob was um, who called it Rob. Called
0: oh, this Rob. is we're talking listeners about Sir Kenneth Branagh, you know, oh, and sorry. he comes up with oh yeah, Ken.
1: K. B. Um, he's amazing, by the way. Can I just say he is? I can listen to him talk all day long. He is a genius and an, a really lovely man at that. So, this last one we did was Death on the Nile, which was brilliant, but we had loads of dancers in it. We've got some, it's not out yet, and you're going to have to wait to see it. It's absolutely brilliant. But Rob couldn't be there quite a lot because he was doing Frozen. So, I was in charge quite a bit of it, which was amazing, but daunting at the same time. And we had a lot of dancers, and things kept changing. So, I did have to just do my own thing a lot of the time. And did he
0: agree with what you came up with?
1: Yeah, no choice. Ah. <laughs> yeah, no, he did, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Changing the subject
0: from work for a moment, what have you been up to in lockdown and have you learned any new skills or taken up a new creative hobby? I do ballet every day. You do ballet every day. Okay, well, I'll put that down as your creative daily thing that you've gone back to doing ballet every day.
1: Yeah, with a comp- yeah. with two girls. Do you know Flick Swan? Flick, Yeah. Her and Victoria Marr have yes. this. They do the ballet. It is so good. You've never danced and you can do it if you're like me and I find it hard. Right, so right. Whatever you put into it, because you know your own body so you can really work, work really hard or there are people there that don't even know what to you is. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I do live classes so they can see me and I can see them so they can correct us as well. So I do it every day.
0: Let's go back for a moment to before your professional career started and when you competed in dance festivals do you feel that dance festivals and competitions give a good solid grounding and progress dancers and performers for a future in the industry
1: Yes absolutely i used to love it although i think it can have good and bad results and i think that massively depends on the parents because you you remember there were some pushy parents
0: there still are around, because I'm adjudicating quite a oh, lot.
1: <laughs> and, it, and it made some of the candidates not very nice. But, um, no, I think it was brilliant. You experienced a really healthy competition.
0: Yeah, and that's a good grounding for when you go to auditions and jobs and so forth.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when you're in the festivals, you're the big fish in the little pond, aren't you? Yes. That sort of healthy competition... It leads the path to go to college because I think so many people get swallowed up. There are so many people and everyone's really good.
0: So now I always knew you as a talented Philippa Jordan. And <laughs> then you got married in 2013 to the lovely Jeremy Piers Churcher. How did you meet and what does he do?
1: <laughs> That's hilarious, Jeremy Piers. We met, he hates me telling people this, by the way. We met, on the, we met on the internet.
0: So I met my hubby on the internet too.
1: Brilliant. It was my second date. Good for you. Yeah. I think
0: it's a way forward, especially if you're in our industry, because we work such weird times that it's, how are you supposed to meet anybody?
1: Well, the first chap I met up with was a multimillionaire um, dentist on Harley Street. Who? But the plumber's merchant man made me fizzy, so I went with him. Ah!
0: <laughs> so that's what he does is it It's um...
1: he owns a plumber's merchants yeah so it's a family run business that's been going for 30 odd years his dad started it up and they I think they were fitters and things like that to start with and then some of the boys asked if his dad years and years ago could get hold of some goods and that transpired into what we have now which is SHAPS which stands for Shoebury Heating and Plumbing Supplies <music>
0: So, for your next job, you're just about to start working as associate choreographer on the brand new show going into theatre or Drury Lane for Disney. Tell the listeners about this, little.
1: Yes, this is Frozen, the musical, coming to Drury Lane. So exciting. Really uh, a biggie, isn't it?
0: It is a big one. Unfortunately, though, because of our current circumstances, with most theatres closed all over the world at present, Frozen has just been cancelled and had its notice in New York. I was lucky enough to see a matinee of the Broadway production at the St. James's Theatre with the original cast when I was over there working on Broadway myself. So obviously, being Disney theatrical, it's very spectacular and visual. So even though there have been massive changes to Drury Lane as a theatre to house a musical, are there any changes to the actual production for the London version?
1: Yes, there are. are An exciting one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think they, um, they put some changes in on the American tour that's out now, and I think there are going to be further changes for London. Wow! Going to have to come to the show to see what they are.
0: Well, we'll get to all that in a minute because I'm going to tell people about uh, tickets and everything. So, are you excited to be on Frozen in London?
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, who wouldn't want that job?
0: Is it? Are you actually going to be in the show or are you just working the show?
1: No, so I'm looking after it.
0: You're looking after it. That's a big, yeah. big, big task.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So um, we'll have a resident director, and I'm the associate choreographer. So, That's I might have to be there every day, but um, obviously, I'll be there throughout the rehearsal process and, and then I will look after it and put all the understudies in and all that sort of thing. But I'm working on Germany as well. Okay. So, we've been out to Germany to do all the auditions as well, but then I got sent home because of.
0: Yeah, lockdown. Ah, well, look, I'm sure that you'll be working on many, many productions in the years yet to come. What an amazing career path you have had with so much still to achieve within the industry as well. When we are out of this lockdown scenario, we are going to want live entertainment more than ever. Don't you feel, listeners? So I cannot wait to see Frozen again, especially here in my hometown of London. So to all the listeners out there, I suggest you get your... It's booked very very quickly as it's going to be massive so there you go frozen by disney at theatre or drury lane pip thank you so much as it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today and learn all about your career along with my listeners thank you so much
1: thank you so much craig
0: and it's so nice to see you after all these years as well absolutely too true Well, unfortunately, that's it for this week. However, don't forget to tune in every Sunday for my next guest, In the House Seats. This broadcast can be heard on my personal website at www.craigbartley.com or tune in on Spotify or iTunes podcasts by looking up In the House Seats with Craig Bartley.
1: Chat soon!